Um, so hello, good morning. My name is Christina. I am the children's director here at City Church. If you're grabbing coffee or communion or using the bathroom, um, I'd invite you just to go ahead and find your seat. We're going to go ahead and get started here. Um, if you're having conversation, um, feel free to step in the back or wait until after service. Um, and yeah, I just thought um, before I jump in and introduce myself, uh, Neil and Amy are actually on vacation this week, and um, while I am not Neil, I still have some jokes for you. So actually, to be more accurate, I have one joke for you. So why did Tom Brady um, never perspire? Because he had so many fans, but um, that was pretty good, but I can't take credit for it. It was Neil's, so um, awesome. I just want to give them a shout out. Um, you guys, we can be here today um, because of everything that Neil and Amy have poured out um, in serving the kingdom of God and serving City Church, and so it is such an honor for me to be led by them, to be trusted by them, but also um, just uh, really want to um, honor them today and say how amazing they are, um, how great of leaders they are. So, um, so I grew up in a small town, um, Geneseo, about 3,000 people, and moved there in 2001, and now almost two decades later, it's doubled in size, so it's about 6,000 people. Um, when I graduated, I wanted to go to school for music education, and um, so I went to uh, what I thought was a big city, Kankakee, Illinois, um, 45,000 people, and um, jumped right in. Um, and while I was there, uh, I really learned a lot about kids, um, discovered that I like working with kids, um, discovered, oh, I, I'm made for something a little bit more, um, and that's where uh, I met a group of people who um, did something called School of Kingdom Ministry. I know some of you might have done that um, here uh, today, it's actually a ministry uh, school that's offered up at the Champaign-Urbana Vineyard Church. And so every week, um, we would meet in Courtney and Nate's basement, the leaders, and um, we would just uh, meet together, gather together, worship God, and see our lives totally transformed um, and changed. And it was such a beautiful time. Um, I even remember laying in bed at night at at school and thinking, man, I should probably be doing my homework. But instead, I was watching videos of John Wimber ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, so, yeah, just such a, a great time for me. Um, from there, I decided that I wanted to um, uh, head out to Redding, California and go to ministry school at a church called Bethel. Um, and uh, such an amazing opportunity out there for me. I faced a lot of my fears. Um, I was empowered. I had the opportunity to, um, again, work with kids and uh, also serve a local pastor while I was out there. Um, and really, uh, if you've talked to me or you know anything about Bethel Church, you know that it's a, a collective movement that burns for one thing, um, revival. And simply put, revival is... Um, in, uh, for today's sake, it, it's uh, the turning of hearts back to Jesus. And so um, while I was there, I, I studied and I learned and I experienced um, tastes of revival. And um, 
So today we're going to talk about that. We're going to look at um, Acts chapter 6, the life of Stephen. Um, and uh, if you're taking notes or if you're not, today's message is called Revival at Any Cost. So let's jump in, okay? Um, I'm going to pray. So uh, Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for... Hmm, Thank you for opening up our hearts to receive what it is that you have for us, God. And I just get out of your way. I say, Holy Spirit, would you come? And just like you um, hovered over the face of, of the earth, of, of the deep before creation, Lord, would you come and just um, be with your people today? Would you come and, and um, be with us? Jesus, would you walk, walk amongst us? So I pray that um, whatever we need to hear today, Lord, that you would speak. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> awesome. So um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and get them out. Um, like I said, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 6, or you can follow along um, with the screen behind me. But um, we're going to start in verse 1. Um, just to set the scene a little bit, we've got the day of Pentecost, where the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and from that day, uh, we see the church grow from 120 to 3,000 to 5,000. And um, up in, into Acts 6, uh, right now the disciples are numbering about 5,000. And so um, really they're just needing some administration help to meet the needs of the local church. And um, that's really healthy. That's really normal. As churches grow, um, so do their teams. And, and you'll find we need administration help. And so um, let's jump in, verse 1 here. So, now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, who are full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. So here we're presented with a need in the Jewish community. Hey, we need um, someone who can care for the widows. Um, and the disciples gathered together, they prayed together, and they asked, who can complete this task? We're looking for someone that's full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, which is where we find Stephen and six others. If we continue to look at Stephen's life, um, we see that he was not only a servant, but he also um, continued to do signs and wonders and miracles and preach the gospel. So let's look at verse 8 and see what happens next. Stephen, who was full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of freedmen and of the Cyrenians, the Alexandrians, and those from Silica and Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen. They could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit from which he was speaking. They secretly instigated men who said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. They came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. They set up false witnesses. Do you notice what happens in this passage? 
Stephen comes up against resistance. The religious leaders of the Sanhedrin um, accused Stephen of what he was saying, um, saying he was lying. They set him up. They even instigated people against him. How many of you have experienced this in your own life? You're moving forward with God and with community, and all of a sudden, you begin to experience obstacles or resistance. Well, if we continue to look at chapter 7, we see Stephen's response to these accusations. He begins to recount stories and and stories and fulfilled prophecies of um, that all of the leaders of the Sanhedrin would know, all the way from Abraham to Moses, that point to his message all along, the gospel. Which leads us up to his death in chapter 7, verse 54, where ultimately Stephen was cast out of the city and stoned. Not the average ending to the story. <laughs> but there's a few things that Um, I think we can take away from Stephen's life that I want to look at uh, with you guys today. And so um, the first thing uh, that we can take away from Stephen's life is God wants to fill you with his presence and his power. God can use anyone. He can use me. He can use you. He can use a donkey. (laughs) It's not just Neil and Amy who do everything in the church. Here at the city, we believe everyone gets to play. And so really, that just means everyone has a part to play here at the church, um, regardless of your age, your background, and even your church experience. That's why I invite our city kids to be a part of service after they graduate, Um, or maybe why you see some of them at the door greeting on hospitality team or even scampering in with coffee canisters before service starts. Everyone gets to play. Our mission at the City Church is love God, love people, and change the world. And we totally believe in seeing lives restored, needs met, and the world around us changed. And while Stephen understood this, I see more than a man who just meets a need. What else did the scripture say about Stephen? It said he was a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Did you know, just like God filled Stephen with his presence, he wants to fill you too today? Zechariah 4 says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. It's the same invitation for us. We play a part in serving the church and seeing God's kingdom come to earth. We can show up, say yes, show up for practice on time, and um, do, everything, do everything that we know to do, but um, ultimately, it's by God's Spirit that we move forward. We can't do it on our own. Maybe we can try, and maybe some of you have tried in this room. Maybe some of you are successful business owners, and maybe you even have multiple businesses in the community. Maybe you are well-known or even a part of the um, political scene, or maybe even you're just a really great mother or father. And while these are all really great things, it's actually by God's presence and power that we see heaven come to earth. 
So the second takeaway for today um, that I see in Stephen's life is we can be persistent in the face of resistance. Some of you may have just started following Jesus, and that's amazing. Um, And some of you have been walking with Jesus your whole life. And maybe at some point in your journey, you might have experienced what Stephen experienced before the council, resistance. Remember, they questioned him. They lied about him. They even instigated false accusers against him. But Stephen didn't waver. You know what he did? He addressed these accusations head on. And this is a beautiful picture for our lives when we experience resistance as well. If you're walking through a season where you feel like, man, thing after thing is coming up, or obstacles are in front of me, or um, you're just experiencing a lot of resistance, can I just encourage you? Keep going. Don't give up. It is so easy to walk away the minute something feels hard. I get it. I've done that so many times in my life. Something begins to feel hard, and I'm out of there. (laughs) But can I be honest? I'm the same Christina in every season of life. And um, when I've walked away from things that have felt hard, I've actually lost out on the blessing that Um, comes from being firmly rooted and planted in those seasons. Maybe you've thought, well, my boss didn't give me the hours I want, or I'm not making enough money, or maybe even this guy didn't pursue me the way that I wanted him to, or maybe even, I don't know if I can really agree with that church's theology. Part of growing up for me has looked like staying planted even when the the picture inside of my head maybe wasn't the reality or when things felt difficult. One of my favorite quotes is from Chris Valentin, a pastor out at Bethel Church, and he says, "Um, the dogs of doom stand at the door of your destiny. And this is a common thing that the early church experiences is this resistance. But can I just tell you guys something? It's that resistance, that internal, um, if you will, like uh, spark that rubs against each other, um, the hard things that actually produce character inside of your life. And character leads to growth, which leads to hope. And how many of you can use a little bit more hope in your life in this season? Maybe you'll find that hope in the midst of the resistance that you're walking through. So don't give up. For most of my life, I've tried to do everything on my own. I ran away from community, from God. I knew I needed that in my life. I needed healthy relationships, but I was scared. I lived in constant fear What if? What if people knew what I actually thought? What if people know what I've done? The truth is, is I would walk into rooms and be so anxious that I would shake (laughs) and so afraid because I was was afraid of what people thought. (laughs) I was lonely and depressed. I knew I was made for ministry, but I didn't have enough value for myself to even picture myself 
standing on the stage today in front of you guys. But the Holy Spirit tracked me down. Five years ago, he marked my life in a way that I was never the same. (laughs) I remember lying on the floor in a small room in Twin View in Redding, California at Bethel Church after a worship set, crying. (laughs) It was an ugly cry. (laughs) And I couldn't see anything around me. My heart was warm. People were literally stepping over me to get out and go to In-N-Out after service. And um, I remember thinking, okay, I, I got to get up. I got I to gotta get this together. Like, I, I got I to do something. But I couldn't move. All I remember thinking laying there was, God, I need you. God, I'll do anything to have you. I'll pay any cost any price, but I'm not leaving here today if I don't have you. You guys, I have known God my whole life. I said yes to him in the Methodist church on Main Street when I was seven years old. But this, this was the first moment in my life that I said, God, I'm all in. I put all of my chips on the table and I said, God, I surrender. You can have it all. You can have my finances. It doesn't matter how broke I am. You can have my imperfections. You can have my addictions, God. You can even have my future. I just want you. I wonder if Stephen knew when he was talking to the council members in the Sanhedrin I'm willing to die for the sake of people knowing Jesus. I wonder if he was so marked by who Jesus is and the life that he lived that he had to tell people the truth. You guys, it was the truth that set me free. (laughs) The truth is that God loves me. He died for me. He forgave me of my sins and made me whole. Oh, he made me so whole. I was so broken. And now he wants a relationship with me? (laughs) I wonder if Stephen knew that his life and his death, what impact that would have on the early church. We see at the the beginning of Acts 8, the greatest persecution of uh, Jews all over Samaria. But maybe God knew what he was doing and used that to actually scatter the gospel all over the world. Obviously, Stephen was the first martyr, and it's not the average ending to the story, like I said, but one thing that I do admire about Stephen is that he courageously chose to not waver from the gospel. So I'd love to invite the worship team to come back up, and um, I'm going to close here in in just a few minutes. But um, I told all of you at the beginning of my message that um, I spent a great deal of time uh, at school studying revival, and um, while I was while I was at at Bethel, I realized. Um, I want to burn for one thing, 
and that's to see, um, to see revival. And so wherever God sends me and whoever it is that I'm with, um, I want to see sons and daughters turn their hearts back to the Father. So that's the invite today. The invite is revival. <laughs> and I believe God wants to bring revival here. Here at the city, here in downtown Davenport, here in your families, in my family. Revival to me and to you. Stephen's life reflected what revival could look like. God, I will pay any cost. Do you remember when I told you about laying on the floor and the power of God transforming my life? <laughs> I had to lay down what it looked like. <laughs> I had to lay down my dignity in that moment and say, I'm in it. I surrender. And so today, um, I'd love to invite you just to surrender. Surrender your life again. When we're all in and we say yes again, God moves. He honors our yes, no matter how big or how small. I'm a walking testimony of this. It's not just for one person. It's not even for one person who carries the anointing. It's for everyone. For everyone who says, I'm ready to turn my heart back to Jesus, the one who loves me fiercely and unconditionally. So in a moment, we're gonna pray for um, anyone who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But before we do that, um, I just want to make the invite today if you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life that's available for you today Jesus was alive he walked the earth he was fully man fully God he died and forgave us of our sins so that we can have a relationship with him and eternal life but most of all he loves you <laughs> So it's as easy as just saying in your seat or um, we do have a prayer team that's available at the back um, that would love to pray with you. Um, it's as easy as just saying, Jesus, um, forgive me of my sins. I repent and I want you to come and be the Lord and Savior of my life. You can do that. Um, and then if you make that decision today, share it with someone. That's good news we're celebrating. <laughs> But I'd love to actually just pray um, for the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us. Stephen was a man full of faith and full of the Spirit. And we see this in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost when the disciples were filled. And we see it all throughout Acts where they were continuously filled by the Holy Spirit. We need Him. I need Him. I need you, Holy Spirit. So if that's something that... Um, you want, I'd invite you to just put your hands out like you're receiving a gift 
<laughs> this is what we teach our city kids. We say, God gives us good gifts. And while the Holy Spirit might be unpredictable, He's good. One last thing before we pray. If your tendency is to lean out and say, that's not for me, or I've been hurt, or even I've done that before, I just invite you, we're a family, and God is available and willing to meet you exactly where you're at. So lean in. Holy Spirit, come. God was coming and rewiring some of your thoughts. Um, I, I just felt like God wanted to come and, and um, just lift off depression, lift off anxiety. And if you're not feeling any tingling, that's okay. God still wants to break through depression and anxiety. So we just speak to that and we say, be gone in Jesus' name. morning um, that God wants to heal some backs. So if your back is out of alignment um, and you need healing in your back, um, specifically I heard L5 and L4 taking a risk. Um, our prayer team would love to pray with you, so feel free to um, go back there. I believe God wants to do some healing today. a really beautiful picture of God the Father coming as a gentleman <laughs> and um, I just saw him walk through the aisles and sit right next to you and just speak words of love and the kindness of a father it felt like some of you just needed to be loved by a father today. So God, we invite you to come and speak to your children. So for the rest of us, um, if you still have your hands out and your eyes closed, every heart open, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come and fill us afresh. Come and fill us afresh with your presence and with your power.